Hi, and welcome to RevOps Unboxed, the podcast that dives into the world of revenue operations, brought to you by me, Sandy Robinson, in partnership with the Revenue Operations Alliance. Each episode, we'll be unboxing the best practices, strategies, and real stories of revenue operations practitioners to help you optimize revenue operations, grow and scale your organization. On this week's episode, I sit down with Jose Almarez Resendez. He is the Senior Sales Operations Manager of Systems and Tools at LinkedIn. Jose tells us about his experience before LinkedIn, his seven years at LinkedIn, and how he rolls out priorities and initiatives across his organization. Looking forward to this episode. Let's get started. All right. Hi, everyone. This is Sandy Robinson, your host of RevOps Unboxed. I'm here with Jose Alvarez Resendez. He is the Sales Operations Senior Manager of Systems and Tools at LinkedIn. Welcome, Jose. Glad to have you here. Uh, thank you, Sandy. Uh, thank you for having me here. It's super awesome. I, I met you when we were in San Francisco at the uh, Revenue Operations Summit. So, so glad I listened to you speak there. And I'm I'm uh, just so happy you joined me today. So when we get started here, I'd love to just ask you, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background, kind of what's going on at LinkedIn. Uh, we'd love to hear about it. Perfect. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm at LinkedIn. I work in in running operations, or more specifically in uh, sales operations. Uh, I've been uh, working at LinkedIn in different parts of sales operations uh, for over seven years. Um, I started in Ireland in our Dublin office, which is our uh, EMEA headquarter, and then I moved to the Bay Area in 2019. So I've had like a mix of uh, of experience in like different regions and as well as kind of like a central role that, that I have now. Uh, before LinkedIn, I spent three years in management consulting. And even back then, I was doing some kind of like sales effectiveness studies with um, with banks in, in Latin America. Wow. Wow. That's that's quite a background. And what a journey at LinkedIn, seven years. That's pretty awesome. You've really been there through a lot of the growth and and explosion I think LinkedIn's had uh over over the years was your you know earlier roles like does is that really helped you to kind of for a foundation as to the role that you have today at LinkedIn Yeah absolutely so like in the time that I've been here uh LinkedIn has tripled in size um and uh that means that when when I started Everything was a bit more scrappy, right? Mm -hmm. So I would go like really deep into the operational details. And now as we've uh, grown and like our needs have uh, shifted, uh, my role focuses much more on like enabling scale and efficiency. And that earlier experience of like really grinding to like the uh, all the operational processes have really helped me um kind of like see what it's like uh in the bushes so to speak uh <laughs> while you kind of like have like a bigger uh, view of, of the forest <laughs> definitely i can i can imagine that and i think people that are listening to can relate from you know startup mentality to where you go and, and an example of a company like this that has scaled and why sales operations and revenue operations is so critical to support that I think there's definitely uh, a lot of learnings there. What's your team like? Do you have, uh, you know, several people on your team and, you know, kind of how, you're, how are you structured? 
Uh, yeah, so so right now I have like uh, people like re reporting to to me or um, reporting to my direct reports. Uh, I have a team of uh, sixteen people, and it's structured like half uh, of the team. Um, it's focused on kind of like being the voice of the user on how we run our operational processes and like. Um, how we take like our spreadsheets and turn them into more enterprise level tools, whether that's kind of like third party tools uh, or like homegrown tools, right? We we cover uh, both. Uh, and then the other half of my team is like the technical delivery team, which is uh, focusing actually building some of these enterprise level tools that that allow for for efficiency and and scale. Uh, uh, so yeah, well, one 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 part of the team acts kind of like the kind of like the product manager. Uh, type of role and, and voice of the user, right? And the other uh, builds these tools. And I also, I work closely with our partners in engineering and product mm -hmm. and other sales ops teams, uh, you know, like uh, a company the size of, of LinkedIn. We have uh, literally hundreds of tools, <laughs> right? Uh, and and those, those are just tools that support our business organization. Like we have uh, uh, more than 150 tools supporting our business organization. Right, so like my team can only cover so much of that, so we have to like work very uh, cross-functionally. Wow, yeah, I mean that's that's just quite a tech stack, and from an internal and external perspective, right? So you have those, you have the business operations a little bit kind of ingrained in there, which is uh, helpful, I'm sure, to collaborate across departments. So I, I remember when you were speaking, you were talking a little bit about uh, the collaboration and how really your team is, you know, you have a, a team kind of within this, this larger team. So it's almost like you're, you're, you know, definitely building and you're able to create and able to have impactful items that, you know, maybe affect one silo of the business or another, or potentially across organizations. Maybe you can uh, elaborate on that a little bit more. Um, yeah, absolutely. So like the, the role of my team, uh, how I see it is to either solve or processes that are breaking uh, from other um, 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 sales operations, acquisition operations, or customer success operations teams, so like really like the realm of uh, running operations. Like yeah, solve for their uh, pain points, like processes that they're running in terms of like planning, forecasting, uh, quota management, and so on. Um, and also get ahead of um, what processes they're running right now that is not, it's not necessarily a painful for them, but as we continue to scale our tools and more specifically our spreadsheets um, are, are gonna start breaking, mm. right? So like really, really get ahead of that. And then we always start with like, you know, when we wanna build a new tool or, or wanna change a process, like starting with what what's the business outcome we're trying to uh, achieve and how that maps uh, to our priorities, right? Um, so we start with that, with, with the end goal and like linking it to, uh, business priorities and, and business outcomes. And then we look like uh, broadly speaking at three things. Like one is uh, by changing a process, right? Or by bringing in a new tool, like what's the impact to our end users? And with that, we work a lot with uh, other sales operations teams. Uh, we work with sales and uh, other like go-to-market teams, right? All, all across the, the, the funnel, Right. Uh, so that's the first thing. Like, what's the impact to our users by like changing, uh, by changing a process or by bringing a, a new tool? Then second is like, what's the cost to the team that's gonna build this tool? 
right? Mm -hmm. Like um, both to build and to maintain. And then third is like, how does like bringing a new tool uh, fit into our ecosystem, like both our business ecosystem as well as our tools uh, ecosystem. So yeah, but because of that, I have to like work cross-functionally from everyone from, you know, sales managers, sales directors uh, to our partners in engineering product. And, and of course, all other um, sales operations and acquisition operations teams. I love how you started with it's the outcome. Like, what is the outcome you're trying to achieve and having it aligned with priorities? So do you have clear set priorities uh, for your team, say for, for Q1? You know, here we are in January already. Do you have clear set priorities mapped out already and um, what you are trying to focus on? Uh Yes, so we 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 run um, OKRs, right? So every quarter, I sit down with my team and we review what's our OKR uh, for for the next quarter, right? And and like every person in like my team presents, so that helps not on, not only like drive um, alignment on the priorities, but also drive visibility of what each person in the team is doing, right? And we always try to link it, like uh, how does this link to my my boss's priority, right? And I and his boss's priorities and so on, all the way to like the company level. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh so one company priority that like my uh team like maps directly to that is like the ease of doing business um at LinkedIn and with LinkedIn. Okay. Right. Uh so that my team that, that's kind of like the LinkedIn uh, wide priority and that's broken down like a given the the scope of my team, how can we help like make uh make it easier for for other teams to to get their jobs done. I love it. I, that's so and it's it's got to be really challenging to do in a large organization, but I think it's super critical uh, the larger you get and the more that you scale because you have to it's it's easy to kind of have, you know, one of these kids doing his own thing over here and somebody doing their own thing over here if you're not really tied together with uh the OKRs and priorities. Um, but I, I really just, uh, I liked your approach and what you said, and I think it's really super valuable to people just thinking about uh, that alignment with your OKRs, your priorities, however you're focusing on that. But then the three things that you mentioned, the impact to the users, the cost to the team, and then how does it really fit into the ecosystem? You know, as, go ahead. I know, yeah, I just want to add like on the point around, I think what's very interesting about like the size that we're at at LinkedIn is that if you look at um, like smaller companies, most of the tools that they use are uh, third-party tools, mm -hmm. right? And if you look at larger companies, such as like Microsoft, Google, and, and so on, most of the tools that they use is like homegrown tools. Mm -hmm. um, what's challenging about LinkedIn or, and what's like exciting as well is that we're given we're in between, we have the possibility to either buy it or build it. Right. And like um knowing what's the right answer, it's not it's not always like straightforward. Uh so a lot of the time, a lot of the time spent like upfront is kind of like figuring out whether we wanna uh buy a new tool or a building house. Yeah, that's and at, at scale like that, it starts to become a significant amount of your budget and cost as you're really thinking about buying versus what is it gonna take to build it. Uh so definitely great point there. Uh, so what what are the kind of things that you are working on in terms of your system support and initiatives uh, here as you're moving into 2024? I'd love to hear a little bit more insight about that and what you're focusing on. 
Yeah, so we are focusing on like uh, first continue um, improving our territory planning process. Mm-hmm. So we've been changing it over the past couple of years um, to bring in like multi enterprise level uh, tools in house. And, and we're at a place now where it, it works like uh, really well, but there's still some pain points on how the process links to other parts of the broader ecosystem. Uh, so that's one priority is like continuous improvement of our territory planning process, right? And linking better uh, one tool to, to the other. So, you know, the, the integration across tools is, is automated. Um, that's one. Then second is improving our quota management process. So right now it's still like very um, Excel dependent. Mm. Right. And like it's a very painful process of like people leave, enjoy the organization. Right. Our team spend hours uh, trying to kind of like make sure that the, the new joiners have uh, have the right quotas. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, th- those are like the, the like the biggest priorities. All right. There's other things that we're also doing and like exploring uh, some AI enable uh, tools with our uh, sales teams, and with that, like my my, my team kind of like plays a role of, of like the voice of the user. There's other like engineering teams and so on that are, are launching some of these co-pilot type of tools, mm. right? Um, so yeah, and those are like kind of like the uh, some of the uh, the large priorities for for my team this year. I think AI is definitely something you know obviously there's a lot of hype everybody's talking about it but really what is the what is a balance what is the right way to take advantage of it whether it's you know building your own you know off of your own data or i I think a lot of smaller companies are you know there's there's a lot of opportunity to leverage the additional functionality that tools are you know that these companies are offering so i've i've seen it myself i mean we've got a really small tech stack but even with the the providers, like I have a call intelligence provider that's really put out some great AI and it's generative AI. It really saves people a lot of time. Uh, there's, you know, learnings and the forecasting and things like that. And it's it's just great that we're able to start quickly leveraging that. Uh, I'm just curious to, in a larger organization, this, you know, obviously there's more, there's more risks, there's more planning, there's more to think about. Um, but But what are your kind of initial thoughts on, you know, where to even start biting that off. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's tricky because like there's so much uh, going on and um, kind of like figuring out what's hype versus what's actually mm-hmm. going to increase productivity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always straightforward. I mean, luckily for, for us at LinkedIn, we are a Microsoft company. Right. Um, we are run like very independently from Microsoft, but then we try to leverage like the good things from Microsoft. Right. And Microsoft has been um an early like player in AI. Uh, obviously, like they invested in like open AI and, and like uh our leadership team like got access to like some of these, these tools like earlier on. And like if you if you go and this is like beyond like my my scope, but like if you go to uh, LinkedIn.com, right, you can already start seeing like some like the AI features that the product is, itself uh, has been uh, adding. On the I kind of like, got a market operation side, um, what we're trying to figure out is uh, how to increase like seller productivity, but making it easier 
for for sellers to like update the CRM, um, kind of like keep track of customer conversations and, and so on. So we're rolling off like pilots uh, and like building tools across our uh, tech stack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like very early phases. Yeah, there's there's some really cool bells and whistles. In fact, uh, I was watching a demo uh, the other day and we, we use MedPick in our organization. And one of the, I'll, I'll just name the tool, Epsta has a really cool feature that pulls the MedPick information out of your call and actually will populate it into the fields in your deal in HubSpot. So it's like, there's there's things like that that I think you can bite off and take advantage of that are, you know, just kind of small wins for salespeople because what salesperson isn't going to like that something is automatically filled out in their CRM uh, and what sales ops leader isn't going to love that as well, because, you know, that box is going to be blank if you don't. So um, I love that. And, you know, so, something else that you said around quotas, I just wanted to drill down on that a little bit more because, I think it's timely right now. And, you know, if you haven't already set your quotas, you're scrambling to get them kind of out and implemented and get everything updated, all of your uh, spreadsheets and things like that. So in uh, territory planning and, and changing, is this something that is, you know, led by sales operations or is it just, is it collaborate in collaboration with like the sales leadership? Um, and, and then are, or, and are you just kind of administrating it or, or are you in, in part of the development and alignment of it? Yeah, it's led by sales operations, uh, in, like, uh, in partnership with like sales leadership, uh, obviously as well with, uh, finance. So like how the process works is like, um, there's a financial, like company level financial plan that is set by, uh, sales operations, uh, finance, and then kind of like the ultimate decision maker on uh, what what the financial plan for the year is, is our sales leadership team. Uh, and then that gets cascaded like down uh, to quotas, right? And like we kind of like divide the process in, in two. One is like quota setting, right? Which is kind of like shipping quotas at the beginning of the year. Uh, oh, we're in a fiscal year, uh, which run like July to June, right? So oh, right okay. now, like the, the middle of the fiscal year, gotcha. right? Uh, but uh, yeah, that's kind of the quota setting is like um, breaking down financial plan into individual quotas and shipping them on time. Uh, and then there's a monthly process, just like people leave and join the organization. And there's like ramp schedules for new joiners and all different types of adjustments. Um, that's kind of like in-year quota management, right? Mm-hmm. And and this the we're we're making changes to both, but right now I'm more focused on the latter, right? Uh, it it doesn't sound like it's rocket science, and it's mm-hmm. not, right? But it's just like given the the size of the business that we're still running it in in spreadsheets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's breaking, it's very painful, right? And it's a business critical process because like you know when there are errors, like no one likes to uh have an incorrect quota right right yeah when they're when it affects their paycheck that's definitely they're 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 blowing your email up for sure uh no i i i get that and i think you know that's that's a pain point i think for every sales ops leader uh, no matter how large the organization um but i think having that process to where like the ramp schedule i think that's that's a big takeaway for folks that are listening is 
you know, not all quotas are equal. When you hire a salesperson, it's, you know, what is their training plan? What is their onboarding? How long does it take them uh, to get up to speed? And, you know, are they getting a pipeline? Are they not getting a pipeline? So are, are these things you're, you're factoring in, in the, in the ramp schedule? Is this something that you've kind of um, cooked up? Uh, yeah, that, that's correct. And it, it also, um, it's also different for folks, for example, if you're already in a sales role in a different team and you're taking on a new book, right? You should run pretty quickly. But if you're a new joiner uh, to the business, uh, it's a different ramp schedule. So you need to like, you know, figure out what we're selling and um, and like get, get, get like more comfortable like selling like LinkedIn products, right? If you come from a sales development uh, role and you're promoted into an account executive role, it's also a different schedule. Right. So, uh, yeah, there's like lots of factors that uh, go into it. Right? And then there are other components that are at complexity to the quota management. So, for example, uh, if we want to incentivize different product lines, we need to break down quota into different components. Right. Um, we also like add buffers between sales reps and managers. Right. And like the buffer depends on like what's the attrition rate in the team is going to be different by country, by uh, like sub-region and so on. So there's all like these different components that again, like when, when you explain it is not rocket science, but like there's just mm -hmm. so many of them. There's layer after layer after layer. And uh, when you're managing a big business, like that causes kind of spreadsheets to, to break. Yeah, yes, I would imagine so. I, what kind of, you know, I'm just thinking as I'm listening to you talk and in all of your experience, I would imagine there are analysts listening, people that are kind of dipping their toes into revenue operations, sales operations, marketing operations, and probably would love to land a gig at some point at a company like LinkedIn or a, a larger organization and uh, you know, you've obviously been there a while. You've been in, in different parts of the org and, and worked through different uh, roles and everything. What advice would you give to somebody who is looking to kind of go down that path into a company, um, you know, like yours? Yeah, I would say like probably two things. Um, one is um, enjoying the like operational grind of whatever uh, role they're doing right now, right? Um, and on this, I think like when people like uh, they graduate and, and they go out of college, they always want to do strategic work. I don't know, like have, uh, people like love the word strategy. I like strategy is like very important. It can make or break organizations. But I think like operations is as important, right? As strategy, if not more, uh, on like how you execute on that. So early in, in your career, right, uh, when you're doing a lot of these kind of like operational work, if you're already in like kind of like sales soft type of role or some of some, some like data analyst type of role, um, you know, I, I felt sometimes that I was doing uh, work that uh, didn't matter much, right? But that kind of like set the foundation for me to understand kind of like the inner workings of the company. Right. And again, what, what I mentioned earlier, and, and that allowed me to like later on, like being able to zoom out and like see see the bigger picture. So yeah, that's the first one, kind of like enjoy the, the operational grind. And then the second is like always be kind of like applying to other roles, even if you're not interested in like leaving your current role. 
Um, I think like that, at the very least, it gives you a sense of what the market is looking for and start developing your skills um, ahead of time. So for example, when I started in, uh, in my role, we didn't use SQL uh, at all. We were kind of like do most of our uh, our job just based on like Salesforce reports and like Excel and other tools, right? Uh, and I started kind of like uh, looking at other roles, especially like more senior roles than the one that I had. And I started seeing like more and more like the uh, these like operational roles require SQL. So I kind of like learned SQL on my own, right, on the side. And then like three years later, I moved to my role in the Bay Area, and like the only way I could got I, I could get my 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 work done was with SQL. I, I couldn't rely on like uh, self-reports anymore, right? So yeah, kind of like that. That's the second one. Like always apply for for new roles, even if you're not actively uh, recruiting. That's great advice. And on top of that, continuing to learn and educate yourself. So just by you being proactive and uh, learning uh, SQL on the side, it's really come in handy for you and help you where you are today. Uh, so I, th I think that's definitely great advice. That's right. Yeah. Always be learning. Always be learning. So, you know, as we wrap up here, I'd love to have you share any sort of, you know, learnings or actionable things or even like game changers you want to leave people with uh, if they, as they kind of look back and take some notes on things they can uh, walk away with. Uh, do you mean like for their uh, revenue operations role or uh, just in general? Yeah, just in general, in terms of sales ops, rev ops, uh, just, you know, maybe it's a mantra or something that you that you work off of or live by uh, that you would like to share and leave them with. Yeah, uh, probably like um, uh, kind of like th th this mantra. There's like different versions of this, but what, one that I like is is um, actually from from Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, mm -hmm. and he says that um, like pain helps me grow, and growing is what I like. Uh, <laughs> therefore, for me, pain is pleasure. That's what he says. <laughs> like that, 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 that's what I live by. I mean, there's like different versions of this. Um, our CEO here at LinkedIn has a post on LinkedIn called like enduring the crucible, right? Mm -hmm. Which means like basically when you're like deep down in those very stressful moments, right? Um, like long nights, uh, planning process, operational process, so on, right? I, I always look at those and like know that that pain is going to help me grow. So even though it's stressful uh, when I'm like going through that crucible right, or going through that pain, and I'm going to like look back at that and see that uh, like a big uh, growth uh, moment. That is a great way to end this conversation. I love it. I love it. So thank you, Jose, very much for joining me today and chatting about your world over there at LinkedIn. Uh, I'd love the conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. It's great uh, chatting to you. Thanks for tuning in to RevOps Unboxed. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.